0: And now it's time for the Jambalaya with the Kingfish. Studio space for the Jambalaya provided by WYAB, the place for true conservative talk radio in the Jackson metro area. The Jambalaya is sponsored by Guns and Gear, a proud sponsor of the Mississippi Scholastic Shooting Program that provides competition events for high schools across the state. Bring your student's gun to Guns and Gear for custom shotgun fittings, repair, and even complete restoration. They can adjust the length of the pool for your kids as they continue to grow. Guns and Gear, located on the corner of Yandale Road and Highway 51 in Gluckstadt. Follow them on Facebook for daily deals.
1: You know, um, back to uh, the service industry, what are some of your common complaints about the customers? Oh,
2: um, man, you know, one of the hardest things to do as a server is... is uh, not to bias people because you know over time as a person everybody biases people i'm sure some people probably look at you and like oh that's a big muscly guy he's probably a meathead you know then they talk to you right like, oh never mind like, you know what i mean i kind of get a kick out of it yeah right but but there's uh well they hear this jack nicholas type voice that i have you know <laughs> and they're like huh yeah and so it's uh it's a but people have biases and you, you have to be aware of them to not act on them. And if you see, you know, a couple come in and they look like, you know, they're wearing overalls and look like they just got out of the trailer park. <laughs> you kind of want to be like, Oh great. You know, this is going to run me to death. And they're going to be like, what's well, the tip? You know what I mean? But, but, but you have to not do that. You have to treat everybody just like a person. Uh, I think most of the gripes in the service industry come from people, uh, unconsciously biasing people and then them treating them in a way that even unconsciously to the server, but very apparent to the person that they're treating comes off. Mm-hmm. Like you can come off you can tell when somebody's judging you in a negative eye, even if they're not so obvious about it, like you can feel it, you know? Yes. And, and then that person doesn't like the server and things start to go sideways. Um, and not to say there aren't bad customers, there are. Oh, there's some Karens out there, man.
1: Well, well what are some of the horror stories? I love, <sighs> hear, I love hearing this stuff.
2: And people I have an okay, idea. Okay. They don't have I, an idea what y'all have to put up with. You know, like them ordering something and then just not reading the description at all. And it comes out by, oh, excuse me, this has cheese sauce and noodles. Yes. Yes, it does. And they're like because that's what it says in the description. Mm-hmm. I want a refund. And half of it's eaten. Or they eat, like, all the shrimp out of it. You know? Like, it is, like, really? Like, oh. And and then and into that goes all the the social pressures, too. Like, if, uh, if you're uh, a black server and there's some rednecks and they want to be unreasonable like that, they go, oh, it's because... You don't like us because we're white, you know, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So there's all those because there's a lot of social pressure right now, you mm-hmm. know, and so people oftentimes when they're being unreasonable and being a jackass, they want to uh, associate it to some kind of card or unreason. You know what I mean? Uh, bias that it's not even necessarily present. They're just being an unreasonable I think, I think jackass.
1: That Chili's in Baton Rouge last year. That was by the um, Auburn College Drive. You know, there by the interstate. I don't know, if you know, don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but this 17 year old girl, she's in high school, black girl. And these black ladies came in not wearing mask, And she said, Sorry, I mean, we got a rules here. And they wound up beating the hell out of her, you know? Jesus. And I thought that, you know what? Probably because she was black and they couldn't pull a race card on her, you know? Because, you yeah. know, what would have happened? We're race, you're a race, blah, 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 you know? But I really think that kind of fueled some of that because they couldn't pull it. So then they just. Lashed out literally. I remember I walked in
2: uh, mm-hmm. when they still had it at another broken egg. I walked in without a mask because after the mask mandates were lifted, so I wouldn't, you yeah. know. And they uh, said, Sir, can you wear your mask? And of one of the people behind, well, one had it around her neck, but none of them had it on her face. I said, Can y'all? I was like, <laughs> I, was like I will. If I'm not the only one, I, yeah, mean, I mean, let's like, like,
1: same <laughs> rules for everybody. I, t- I totally get
2: it. You know, like, sure. Um, I mean, I'll abide by your rules if you can,
1: <laughs> if you get But what are some of the
2: stunts you've seen some of the Karen's pull? Oh man. That's just a, that's just a constant flow. Things like, um, uh, I picked up my food from the restaurant and it's cold. Well, you called and you ordered it an hour and a half ago. <laughs> it's been made yeah. for an hour. It's cold. Yes. That's what yeah. happens thermodynamics I'd love to <laughs> teach you about it um there's that um gosh I'm trying to think' i'm so I'm sorry I'm so like tired right now I had't slept much so I'm like, Ugh. you never sleep much i no i don't um I mean all my cover one of one of my, one of my rest, restaurant
1: owner friends the other night they uh had one in there and they ordered asparagus and they start raising hell about it. The owner comes and looks at it. What's wrong? She goes, well, I can look at it and tell it's, you just don't like it. I mean, or is there something wrong with it? Or there's nothing wrong with it. She just decided she didn't want it. And she's like, well, I'm sorry, but, yeah, <laughs> you know.
2: Well, and there's. It wasn't
1: a, cooked wrong or anything. It's just like it's supposed to be. And from what I can tell, you know.
2: Well, there's a lot of times. And this
1: lady just went off. They, they went up getting kicked out just because they just started making fools of themselves. You well, know? yeah,
2: it's like, yeah, you. you you can't do that anywhere else you can't go in and uh you know or when
1: 15 people want to have separate checks
2: oh dear god oh yeah
1: explain to people why that's really a big deal
2: okay the, re- the reason why is because okay like say if i'm a server and i got like six tables and some of them have like eight people some of them got like you know made a couple of big parties like a 12 or 15 mm-hmm. top right and so uh you're you're constantly juggling in your head all the refills you need to get, all of the condiments that they've asked you for, and where those things go. And what other things you need to get lined up to send because you're coursing out their meal in the system Mm -hmm. to send at one time. And so you're juggling all these balls in the air. And uh, when you close out one ticket, it takes as much time as it does to close out one of the 15 if you were to make it one, that's easy peasy. I bring it to you done. But now I gotta find 15 different, you know, books to put tickets in, which is hard to find. I gotta find 15 different bins. I gotta, yeah. you know, get it all lined up. I gotta actually separating it all out into different checks, making sure every single person got their different things and you know, in the system and getting it all right. Which, you know, if you're good, you'll probably get it the first try, or at least the second try. of Getting it, make sure everybody's checks how right. Long,
1: how long does it normally t- would normally take you there, or, mo- or most waiters waitresses? Um, it,
2: it to do okay. The difference of doing uh, one check or fifteen check is literally fifteen times, fifteen times the. Uh, I mean, because one check for fifteen, it's literally the same amount of time regardless. So you're you're multiplying you your, your workload. So now instead of it being like a you know. A three minute affair, it's a 40 minute affair, you know,
1: or not, no, nah, not that long, that's, that's but le, but at least 15 or 20.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, it can be, it would on how complicated it is, yeah. And of course, they get really complicated, like you'll start coming back with them after you've already prepared them all in separate. But oh, you know, what? I want to get her thing, I want to go and I want to get her thing. Oh, and you're like, oh dear god, for yeah, and then and then you're still juggling all the other stuff you have to do in your head, mm-hmm. and now you're trying to figure out this weird crisscross pattern they're wanting to make with their checks son of a i mean that's you know but good servers always write everything down and they write it down in a way that they can kind of go back and figure those things out i'm just but asking
1: because i want most people understand, a lot of people understand why do y'all have this po- policy
2: here's why because it takes you forever well, yeah and, and while i'm doing that it slugs down all of my service abilities you to have all a my other tables so all my other tables now are getting impatient or whatever mm-hmm. And so, and when that happens, my income goes down. Yeah. So you're costing me money. Oh man. Look what, so there's uh um, and not every restaurant
1: has that policy either because when I was in law school, yeah. a couple of people they worked over at uh, Red Lobster. They had a table of 20 they They'd take care of. Yeah. Left them like a $5 tip. I said, you need to quit. I said you're paying to work now. Yeah. You just go find something else. I mean, that's on the restaurant. I mean, they just should they should have been saying mandatory tip. I and mean, most places do do that, but sometimes well, yeah, it's it's a some six places or, don't
2: six or more eighteen percent. Man, if if your restaurant does not do that, leave your restaurant. Oh yeah, Because <laughs> they are looking out for you. And there's gonna be people who complain about it, and, and the people who complain about it are the people that probably don't need to be going to restaurants. Mm-hmm. There's places for you if you don't like tipping. There are places for you that accommodate that culture. They're called Waffle House. Oh no, not even Waffle House. That's too fancy for you because yeah. they expect tips there. Yeah, it's called, uh, you know, uh, Wendy's, uh, Taco Bell. There's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's for you. The gas <laughs> station. You know, th- those are the places you can go and get food, and oh. and there will be an alignment with oh, your culture. Look,
1: my LSU message board. They had a uh, discussion recently. Went like five pages of what was your horror stories of. From customers, You know, the yeah, service yeah. business and like several people said they were, you know, they delivered pizzas in college, you know, and their managers like they all knew which, say, apartment complexes or neighborhoods didn't tip. Yeah. And after yeah. so many whatever, they would just put an X right through that on the map and just we don't deliver here.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, Because it, in
1: half the time when they weren't tipping, they also were wanting refunds or had complaints. I mean, it was just more hassle. You weren't making any money off of them. Just, you know what?
2: When Come I was, on in and get your own. <laughs> when I was a club bartender, uh, things are very different than being a restaurant bartender. As a restaurant bartender, you have uh, everybody can hear what you're saying. Everybody can hear each other and yeah. in your interactions. So, you know, if somebody is a crappy tipper, you don't show that face. You keep on being fun and friendly. And treat everybody the same because it's good for the synergy of the whole thing. Right. Because you basically have one big party and you're trying to get everybody to interact with and everybody half the else. time, everybody kind of knows everybody, too. Yeah. And if you alienate somebody, you know, at best, some people might agree with you and not change anything for the positive. But if they think that you're a jerk, well, that's going to hurt you. So yeah. you might as well just be cool and whatever. As a club bartender, though, well, <laughs> if, if I... That's no. what we want to hear about. I know that you know. You give me, uh, you know, I ring up your drinks all night long, and you got a sixty-dollar tab, and you tip me three bucks. Next time, you're waiting a long time for those drinks. And let and look, as a club bartender, you'll have like three or four people deep. You know, you're across, the, you know, a long bar, and you're just slinging out drinks as fast as you can to whoever is ready to pick them up. And you're going and you're marking your tallies on how many they've had of whatever on each tab, mm-hmm. right? And um and if somebody doesn't tip, oh, they're invisible. I don't oh, I didn't see them. <laughs> and you I don't blame you. And they eventually go off to another bartender. And eventually And I take it most bar this is fairly common. Yeah, yeah. and eventually they just can't get a drink anywhere. And hopefully they leave. Yeah. And don't come back. They're not paying. <laughs> exactly. And, I mean, at the same time. As long know, but, on
1: the other hand, sometimes you really do get crap service, too, you know?
2: Yeah. And, I mean, as long as you're cranking out drinks as fast as you can and the owners see that. And, of course, if I'm caught up, then I'm not going to just completely ignore them. I'm be like, all right, here's your drink.
1: I mean, but you one, know. one time
2: I went to Hallamals. And this is years
1: ago, so calm down, Malcolm. Yeah, yeah. But we go for lunch, a friend of mine and I. And this guy is just sitting there, has a miserable attitude. He, look, his life sucked, okay? He wanted something better. He had a college degree. He does not want to be waiting tables here, okay? But yeah. he has to. But the problem is he's letting that just spill over into everything. Every restaurant's and, had and that work. And he's, yeah, every, and he's every, just, restaurant. you know, complaining. Just He's not having a bad attitude toward us, okay? He's treating us fine. He's just whining too much well they and don't have that the, well, because they well, can't get their act well, well, or something. well, you, yeah, yeah. well and at the end he says well if you know anybody hiring you know blah 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 here's the thing you're always on audition always you never know you know how many people i've known have been hired doing the job they were doing by somebody else yeah somebody was impressed by man you really work hard man i want you know what i'm gonna pay you more money come work for me yeah you know i mean you're always on you're always auditioning always like yeah. what they say in star trek new generation the trial never ends yeah no. <laughs> it never ends you know and that guy i mean we both walked out of there wouldn't want to hire him
2: yeah well and the same as like a, when we play as a band we try to play every night even if there's a small crowd mm-hmm. you don't know there might be a buyer there he might uh, be the – and it might be a crappy night where it's not your normal crowd and you're like, you want to be, cause, you because know, it's a bad night. Well, you don't know. There might be some guy there that's uh, planning to have his 50th birthday party and he's wealthy and he wants a band that's energetic and fun and he's willing to pay good. But you're out there and you're acting like, because it's a slow night. You're not going to be the pick, you know. I mean, we went and saw Santana last weekend
1: and he played over at Brandon. Yeah. Santana. Put on a great show fantastic show. And I saw him back in 03 in New Orleans. And it, let me tell you, he put on just as good a show now as he did back then. And that wife of his, that's a drummer. she was badass. I'm not kidding. Yeah. And, uh, how old is he now? He's in the seventies. Oh, God. oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Him and Paul McCartney. Yeah. But he talked about how he takes care of himself. You know, I mean, he's not doing all the drugs. He was back at Woodstock, you know? Yeah. But anyway, but you know, that guy now, the attendance that night was about four thousand people. And you could look around and tell it was about two thirds, three fourths full. I mean, they deserved to sell out. Believe me, as good as that was, they deserves to sell Blood, they deserved to sell out. You know, and I've seen acts take that attitude, like we deserve to sell out, we should have more people and they take it out on the performance. I've seen that before. Yeah. I mean, one time we went and saw Concrete Especially that
2: young artist. Yeah.
1: Oh no, one time we went and saw Concrete Blonde, remember them?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: I went and saw at House of Blues. Three, four songs into it. She's mad about something. She takes her bass guitar, throws it down the stage as hard as she can, storms off, shows over. You know?
2: That, That should never happen. I, and I know a lot of times, I mean, former, you know, I know what? a lot of times it can be there. Like, like,
1: I'm like chunking CDs, you know, in the trash the next day. Like, you know, that's what you, you know, it was only 30 bucks a ticket. But, you know, hey, a lot of people, 30 bucks tickets are when you you and your girlfriend and people. Hey, it adds well, up It's
2: more about it's not like that it's about it's supporting a person and, and who they are. And when you see that who they are is that you go, okay, I don't want to support that anymore.
1: And how much of that, I mean, you're you're in a band. I mean, how much have you seen that out of bands over the years where they just thought, oh, we're a band, and they kind of had a, like
2: a screw you attitude to the audience? Um. Well, you know, and a lot of times to the audience it can appear, because bands can be stupid, especially musicians. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they, um because they get really selfish and self-involved, and they don't ever consider the perspective of the audience. And so they might be having... The bad night, not even the crowd, it might be that the sound engineer uh, who's not cooperating with them and giving them the mix they need in their ears so uh-huh. they can't hear themselves, so they're not performing good, so they're embarrassed and they're angry and they don't want to do it anymore because they feel like they're misrepresenting who they are uh-huh. and they're they're actually driving away fans, right? You know what I mean? There's all this anxiety in them and so they'll just finally go like, F you, you know, to the, the sound guy and like drop their crap and run off. But the crowd thinks, oh, what the hell? He just... Yeah. You know, distanced and got off stage. Like, so the, uh, but they're so self absorbed, they can't put themselves in the shoe of the observer. Um, uh, I bet
1: you've run into some real egos.
2: Yeah. And there's. Um,
1: Without naming names, what have some of been some of the worst ones you've run into?
2: <laughs> Without naming names. Oh, man.
1: I don't know if I can. Without. <laughs> Or somebody Uh, you don't care anymore, I'll put it that way.
2: There's monstrous, monstrous egos out there. Um, Give us the worst case. Okay. I
1: love these kinds of, sorry. I love these kinds of stories. This is no
2: secret at all, but uh, Jeff from U.S., who's the uh, the lead guitar player, and he's also the the primary owner of U.S., he has... You can own a band. Oh, oh, well, yeah. I want to buy a band. Do they have them at Walmart? It's like an LLC, you know, a business. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Like Dr. Zars and LLC, you know. Uh, that's I think I'm, um, I'm do sell some bonds, some junk bonds
1: to a hostile takeover of Dr. Czar. And the they all uh, work for me now,
2: but Jeff has like this like monstrous ego, man. He does, and it's also like this, you understand. He tells you what it is. Hey, you listen here, Vendetta. That's what he calls. It. He's like, listen here, you you, you think you're tough, you think you're big crap, but you, you ain't nothing. He, he's like, yeah. but, but he just has that talk, but he's actually kind of a you know, uh, uh, um. Gooey guy on the inside, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Kelly, the singer, is like, you know, hey, what's going on, Kelly, you, Kelly, Daggy from U.S. Yeah, and then, he, but because he can't talk or sing anymore, he has to scream now. I cannot comment on this. I mean, that guy, he, that
1: guy's voice. I mean, even back in the '90s, his voice was. Just, I mean, the guy literally had to scream just to sing.
2: But he's 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 real upfront, like you know, like real friendly. But Kelly, between the two of them, is a lot better at making. The, the cold decisions that you have to make as a business owner. Right. Whereas Jeff is like a lot more sentimental, but on the front, Jeff is like, yeah, what's business. up? i the big man here. You know, like and he's <laughs> and Jeff owns a lot of stuff. He has a lot of toys. So, you know, I understand what like, do most people
1: know. don't, what do they don't get about the music business? The, uh, lot, the live
2: music business? Well, it, you know, it's, what are some misconceptions? Each, each faction of the industry is very different if you're going to be uh just a songwriter and more of a studio musician that's a separate industry if you're going to be um you know wild rock band or whatever else that's a separate industry and how they all work is very different how country music works is different uh how cover bands work is completely different Mm -hmm. um one of the best things that you can do out there is if you are a musician who's aspiring is to create uh it's how do I word this? There's basically, and no matter which branch you go into, there's uh, basically, um, there's entertainment, there's theater, there's talent, and, um, and there's also energy. And those things are all different. Like, uh, you know, there's bands out there who are not very talented, they their high energy and fun and crazy. So they got that going for them. Mm-hmm. There's some people out there who are incredibly talented, just amazing singers or whatever, that when you hear them, it's just mind blowing how good they are. Uh, on the national, okay. On national level, who would you say? I got really, name some,
1: tell you, like, like I use say, national bands for examples. Okay. So nobody gets pissed off at
2: okay, you. Okay. Like say uh, green day is mm-hmm. a super energetic fun band. Right. Especially young green day. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh maybe not incredibly talented, you wouldn't be like, wow, he's such an amazing singer, (laughs) right? I'm not saying he's bad, but he's not, you know, an amazing singer would be somebody like Adele. Yeah. You know, Adele's not going to jump around the crowd and get you feeling like a revival, but you're going to be amazed by her voice. Uh, There's theater. Um, Theater is where, think Alice Cooper, think uh, anybody who puts on a spectacle of a show. David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth. Who, by the way, he announced, did you say where he announced he's retiring?
1: Uh-uh, I didn't. Yeah. He, uh, there's a hint he may have some health issues, but he announced yesterday he is retiring from music. Wow. Yeah, tell me about it. I mean, I mean when you're like 12 years old, t- 11 years old, that was the like the rock star like for a while that all the, all the boys worshipped, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. When you really think about it. I mean, here's this guy, badass, banging every chick in sight. He's sitting there... Black belt and whatever martial arts he's sitting there. He was EMT too, man. Safaris, I mean, you're. He was an EMT too. Did you know that? Yeah, I I, I saw his podcast, you know, with Rogan. (laughs) Yeah, after he after the whole music thing died down, he went was an
2: EMT in New York actually for a while. New York. Can you imagine? You're bleeding out. He's like, hey man, don't worry about a thing. I'm here to (laughs) save you. Ah!" he's doing like splits. You're like, no.
1: You're like. I'm about to code here, Dave. Just <laughs> shake my hand, please. I'm about to code, but please shake my
2: hand first. Shake it to the beat. You know, oh man! Like it. <laughs> oh yeah. What was I, his I, last I, words? He was uh, singing Panama with David. He was, <laughs> oh, there. He, that, that, that's Panama. not a bad
1: way to go out either. You know, I got the party. With, Panama. Oh man, uh, have you ever seen that they did back in? I think it was '84. They did the Lost Weekend. Have you ever heard about that? Um, uh, uh-uh. go watch it. on. You can find all kinds of stuff about it on YouTube, but they had a contest where if you won, you and a friend got to party with Van Halen for a whole weekend. Oh God. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, people went to the hospital. I mean, it, it got really crazy. I <laughs> mean, you, all the lawyers today, you probably couldn't. No. And <laughs> cell phone cameras, you couldn't do that, that shit today. You. you no. No, you'd be begging for trouble.
2: Oh. The, and I think I said before, entertainment and theater. I meant to say creativity. That too. In theater, the creativity would be um, when an artist comes out and and the music they're producing is just very different and new. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nirvana, for instance, y- you won't listen to Nirvana and go, "Oh my God, this music is so," you know, the talent is amazing. You will I know some that you will say, but you will <laughs> say the creativity. Yeah. It was so different at the time. It yeah. was so. It was so. Fresh and uh, well, I think them and sound garden, yeah, yeah, and of course, them, Pearl Jam, there's that whole well, you watch, um, I think
1: it was one of those behind the music, so I think it was Poison, is the one where they said they were watching MTV and saw Nirvana, their first video, and they were like, oh shit, everything just changed, yeah, yeah,
2: teen spirit, yeah, that was you know, yeah, what do we what do? We do? And that's that's creativity. And and there's some artists who can harness who've harnessed them all. Like Prince was mm. all. Oh. He was all. I mean, if we could ever just get to listen what's in that vault. Oh yeah. man. He was the whole package. Um Yeah, there's a lot of artists who are several who have advanced far in or you, all Those. Where'd you put Foo Fighters? Um I'd say they're very creative. I'd mm-hmm. say they're uh, extremely high energy, theatrical. Uh, they are theatrical, but you know they aren't theatrical like they have like, I mean they do have explosions I think and stuff from what i was saying, but they don't have like a no, big giant inflatable I mean, thing more like or you know interaction like, with the audience like when they had the kid come up there and play the guitar. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, that's that really interactive. Weird. Yeah, and and the uh um uh, and I I I won't say that they're very talented, but not necessarily in the um. That Dave's an amazing singer. You know, he. I think he's a powerful singer. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think he's going to wow you with this, or give you chill bumps. With his, but sometimes he will because of how he writes the songs, how he executes yeah. his lyrics, and um, what was that song? How you gonna go and let it die? Or um, I was off of um, the same album as Pretender, and uh, that song gave me goosebumps, even though it wasn't. Uh, necessarily uh, you know technically amazing it was something that I could play and do mm-hmm. fairly easy but to actually think of it and mm-hmm. to create it you know and, and the emotion the raw emotion behind it that, and so so energy can also be besides just high energy jump around on stage that part of being an artist is not only um, telling a story but evoking the story so that you make someone feel what you were feeling that inspired it you know well it's
1: like you know springsteen yeah you go pull his first live album set and it was i think it was a triple album very high energy it's stuff from the 70s and 80s i think yeah, yeah. and you go look on youtube and see a couple of his videos from late 70s say rosalita jungle land there's energy there, and it's not the jumping around, like you said, it's in the voice, the music. You know, he's putting something into it, you feel it, and that's why people loved him back then. He connected with the audience, and then the youngins call it a vibe, yeah. And yeah. then you get his live album, he had, I think, what late 90s, early 2000s or so. And I'm hearing the same songs, but it sounds dead, yeah. And then when we get to his little Super Bowl performance, I mean, it. Really, just there was like no energy in this guy. It was like, what happened to you? you know? I'm going through the motions, a, and it's not an age thing because we've seen. Look, I've seen Tony Bennett in New Orleans at age 90, and he still had energy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, but Springsteen. I mean, you, when you see it fade out, well, it's ugly. <laughs>
2: it's you know, artists can burn out, and yeah, and they can get to where. Uh, like for me, like I'm, I'm definitely, I feel like I'm. um uh, you're constantly fighting that though you're constantly fighting um your work becoming um what's the word I'm looking for here uh like uh, monotonous, like it becoming like you're in a factory and you're just cranking out the beans, you know what I mean them, put them, away can put formula, formula. Them. yeah and it and after a while, a song that could even mean a lot to you, you know um. Like I think it was Nine Inch Nails. Uh, they don't always play that song "Hurt" from Pretty Hate Machine, which is apparently a very emotional song for him. Very. So the, uh, so he doesn't always do it. I think that. Is that the uh, one at the end of the first side? Yeah, it's like. Yeah, it's just a piano playing. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. It's dark. And, uh, but when he does do it now, you take it all
1: away or something like yeah. that.
2: Yeah, that one. Make this all That's the one, go yeah. away. But he, um, but when he does do it now, you can see it washing over him that that um those feelings those emotions and he evokes it out to the crowd and the crowd feels it yeah and uh but if he were to do it like every single night he would lose that and so it's important to not and and i've played in a lot of bands where you get stuck in a rut just for simplicity and because everybody's tired you don't want to change the set list. You don't want to, you just keep, you, all of a sudden you have a show and you just roll with it and every night you do the you same thing. You just so want to so get it out the way. And so show. Yeah, and, you know, especially that physical exhaustion causes that laziness, causes creativity laziness. Creativity laziness causes it to become uh, monotonous. Mm-hmm. And once it becomes monotonous, it no longer, you lose that, all that energy. Yeah.
1: Wow. wow. And also, my little pet theory has been I know the listeners are saying, we want to hear him, not you, Kingfish. Yeah, I know. No. Um, I don't blame you either. Um, You know, I like jazz, and here's why. I think band, my little pit theory about rock bands, pop music, whatever, is they keep their creativity for about six or seven years. You got yeah. exceptions like the Beatles and some others. Yeah. But for the most part, for about six or seven years, that spark just kind of runs its course. There's some like Crimson, King Crimson you ever noticed he like put a new lineup together every three or four albums he would put a new lineup together yeah and fresh that, blood right <laughs> well but you go to jazz yeah and you'll have miles davis playing with coltrane playing with monk playing, you know playing with sonny rollins or duke playing with coltrane playing i mean you see when you get you might they might all play the same damn song but you're going to hear it 10 different ways you know it's a different cocktail it's a different one yeah. every single night there's a little bit different ingredient a little bit different inspiration and that's why you see these guys in their 50s and 60s producing top-notch stuff
2: like what if we make it with tequila instead of vodka yeah well, yeah i mean like that's yeah.
1: you know i mean you, you laugh but you know i think that's you know we all bitch about you know david lee roth leaving van halen but how many more songs how many more really good albums will they have produced i don't know maybe yeah. one or two more that's it and i don't know and the then i'm not a fan of van hagar because that just kind of went down for me but yeah it was but they went in a different direction but you look at U two U two and i mean after what is it
2: Octung baby was that album yeah uh, um
1: i mean you can focus too much on the band everybody freaks out they had a, if the they had band a good changes. changes
2: like i remember what was in that batman forever soundtrack they had a really good song on that and mm-hmm. um but for the most part it was like i think what was that album that came out with it? i was like it was like it's almost like a pop disco album i can't remember what it was yeah oh um but i remember i was a big youtube fan and then when that album came out i was pop like art yeah and i was kind of like eh. like it just. i mean it wasn't bad it just didn't it was okay
1: there was no soul. It was. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Like, it, was uh, you know. it felt to me like they were just trying to crank it out for. A Let's label. write a hit.
2: Let's write a hit.
1: I mean, you, and you can use, a lot of times tell when a band's just cranking something out for, a label. Yeah. You know?
2: And sometimes it's still catchy, and you're still like, you find yourself humming it. or you somehow you know the words to it? and You're like, all mm-hmm. right, you got me. You got me. Yeah.
1: So what's, what's the biggest crowd you ever played for? Biggest you would say?
2: Um, I don't know. Uh, I played. Okay, there's two, I, I was on with a signed act called uh, Paper Cut Masker That mm-hmm. was the um, singer from Adam's Ship, mm-hmm. and, um, and we we played some pretty big crowds. Uh, definitely at the Miller Lite Crawfish Bowl here, which is really big. But I think it was probably with U.S. We played uh, a Neshoba County Fair of 2014, and we normally started at like eight, I think. I remember it, you posted it on Facebook. Yeah. yeah, and we normally would, like, 8 to 11, and the um, and we were talking to them beforehand, we're like, hey, so, you know, what's the ticket sales? And I'm like, well, they're like, well, it's almost at 25,000 tickets sold, and we were like, oh, my God, because it was just us. Ah, the there good was, old days, was, before yeah, COVID. Yeah, <laughs> and there was no other people play It was just us, right? So right. we were like, oh, all right, you know, which is Shoba, every night is going to have a lot of tickets sold anyway, because the Shoba County Fair, but still, almost 25,000 was like, holy crap. Well, it was a weekend. That's, yeah. And the um, and we had started doing, um, we used to play on Thursday nights, but in that opening Saturday, they used to not have any music. And somehow along the line, they convinced them to give them that opening Saturday and uh-huh. just have our own night instead of coming on after a national like we were before on a Thursday. Uh-huh. Um, and they convinced them to do it. And the first year we did it, because uh, on those Thursdays after a national, we maybe have like 7,000 in the crowd or so. And we started doing the Saturday nights, and um, I want to say in like 2010. And then that crowd on the first Saturday night we did for them, we had 10,000. We had more than we had the year before wow. coming on after a national. So we like, poof, stamped our flag down, right? And the uh, and so that became the and US. Does that night. Push you up to to another level. Uh, yeah, because then all of a sudden we were, we can bring this, you know, and the. Uh, yeah. And then the, uh, next year it was more people and more people and mm-hmm. more people. And in 2014, they said, uh, you know, we had this many ticket sales and then it was around seven o'clock, they're like, Hey, we need you guys to go on early. Uh, you know, we were all just hanging out backstage or our stage closed. Anyway, we were ready to roll. And, and they were like chanting wow. outside and they were like, and you could hear them like stomping on the ground. And what's it like when
1: sp- you're the subject of all that, what's it like?
2: Dude, uh, you know, whenever <laughs> I play with Paper Cut you know, we played in front of big crowds, but they weren't there to see us. They were there to see Shine Down or Three Doors Down yeah. or we play with T Pain once. <laughs> you know, like, they were there to see them. They were we just were the opening act, you know. And yeah. uh and uh, you know, and US is entirely a monster that Jeff and Kelly built. By no means am I taking credit. Are you still around? Yeah, yeah. I got I just got to be on for the ride, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the um, I'm just the bass player. Yeah, and you know, and I, I remember going, but you know, I got to experience it. You walk out, mm-hmm. and there's this crowd, and uh, and we said, oh, how many are in attendance? They said, where the lights can hit, we estimate. You know, counting by blocks. Yeah, we can estimate that there's uh, fifteen thousand as far as the lights go, but it goes far beyond where the lights go, and we were like, oh man some time, time to amp it up and so we go out and we're like as soon as we go out this like rah, <laughs> like this powerful like like you're almost kind of scared for it's like oh uh, uh, like the sinking like uh, like don't pee on yourself we're like why am I thinking that like you like <laughs> wow and, and you're like uh and then you're like and then you're and of course you know as a performer you have like this other at least I do I had this other gear or, or mental shift that mm-hmm. goes into that's like Rockstar rock star mode, you know? And then, so once I got into that, then that side of me was like, Oh yeah. And it just totally fed off of it. And I got my bass on and we started playing and it was, and when you have a crowd that big, it, it's so easy. Like you the can't flows. do any wrong. Like you could, you could, uh, totally hit the wrong notes and be like, hey, they pick your nose <laughs> and everybody's going to love it. Oh, it's amazing. You know, like you can't do any wrong. It's like, and, the, um, it's
1: like the ugly dude who's the DJ at the club. You know, it doesn't matter how ugly he is because he's the DJ. Yeah. You like, like you're just on top of the and world. Everybody knows what I mean.
2: <laughs> and, I, and not that I did that, but we play great, you know. But it, but it, I, you know, it, the slightest thing you had like a thousand times return that you would normally have, you know. Oh, he put his bass behind his head. Oh, like everybody <laughs> starts screaming and going crazy and girls, ah, like, like, like you're Paul McCartney. And the, um, and I remember, uh, and we were playing, and we were playing, and we were playing, and we were playing, and it's nonstop, nonstop. And I remember we were pulling out all these songs that we hadn't played in like years, and I was like, trying, you know, like. And time was just going and going and going, and I was, and it was so hot. It was the middle of July. It was like you know one of those hundred, almost hundred degree days, and and on stage I'm just like automatically like I'm in a swimming pool, wet with sweat. You know, my jeans soaked through, and yeah. And I and I was you know drinking. Oop, oh, my bad. I was drinking a beer, drinking a water, drinking a beer, drinking a water, and just sweating it all out, and never never got it. You can't even buzz. get. You
1: can't. Yeah, you can't even get drunk.
2: You know, like I was. You know, the uh, problem
1: is you're going to kill everybody who comes around you and smells.
2: <laughs> well, and I, I didn't want I didn't want to either. I, you know, you want to make sure you're on point, but at the same time, there's you know, for me, like you know, especially back then, a beer here and there kind of helped me get out of my head, especially when I was really nervous. Mm-hmm. Like in a crowd. Oh my bad. Man, I'm messing up. In a crowd just like that. Just don't
1: say "oh my bad." Just go on. Okay. okay all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're just like on stage.
2: So we're um, so we're uh, we're playing and we're playing, and eventually at some point Kelly comes over. He's like, "Hey, we gotta stop. It's almost midnight. So, and we've been playing since seven. Oh wow. So and we were running out of songs. Like we were like, "What well, do we gotta live?" Like he was like, <laughs> "Stairway to Heaven." Yeah, like I don't know, and um, and so we we uh, you know, we wrapped it up, and that would have been that... funny
1: though. Okay, guys, we're 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 up to close the so show. We don't know anything else.
2: <laughs> we ran out. <laughs> Thank you. Come again, like uh, but but playing with you them... could
1: have played Rawhide.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, playing with them was you ever definitely... see that the Blues Brothers no i mean I, i've never, never seen watched. the blues seen brothers the blues brothers but i was like a kid man it's so long ago oh wow
1: well, they had the theater last year We went and saw it when it was really good on the big screen but yeah never remember, mind go see it again is all i'm gonna say
2: i need yeah i need a refresh you need you need a refresher i mean i remember things like the chicken wire and the you know well that was bar. the
1: chicken wire they were playing rawhide
2: okay okay I, okay i thought so go back
1: Nope. Of... you have remedial education here go go back and watch it
2: all right all right
0: this podcast is sponsored by guns and gear Don't be that guy who shows up to the deer camp with a jammed up gun because it hasn't been cleaned. Guns and Gear in Gluckstadt has a full service gunsmith on site who can clean, repair, or refurbish any gun. Guns and Gear offers barrel threading, custom gun builds, and Sarakoat from single color to custom patterns that will transform your gun to look like it came right out of a movie. Give your gun new life. Guns and Gear, located on the corner of Yandale Road and Highway 51 in Gluckstadt. Follow them on Facebook for daily deals.
2: Now we um but I mean with US I got to see a lot of cool things and do a lot of cool things. I got to play Ice Ice Baby with Vanilla Ice on stage. Really? Wow. At hey, Club Fire. What's that like? Saint, I remember when he Saint, came. St. Patty's, 2009. Um,
1: so can't get over Bill Vanilla Ice playing Club Fire. <laughs> right? You
2: know I mean? No, the he, uh, he headlined the outside stage. Yeah. And then we started inside right afterwards. And apparently during the day when everybody was setting up, Kelly had met him and had set this up. He was like, uh, to, to – play this song, because he didn't play Ice Ice Baby in his set, you know? Mm -hmm. And Kelly was like, you know, do you want to do it with us? And he's like, I guess he convinced him to do it, but Kelly didn't tell me this. And Kelly came to me and said, hey, you know Ice Ice Baby? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, we're going to play it tonight. And I said, I don't... That's not a good idea, because I just saw him, you know, Van Winkle on VH1 on that Surreal Life or something. Go nuts because somebody played that song and like start trashing the oh, house and the, going crazy. Some of them
1: are a real bitch about copyright and all that shit. You know, yeah. they really are. Well, I mean, I not think,
2: that I blame them. I think it was just because somebody played it and and they were kind of like laughing at you know oh. how how it had aged. And he was like, "Ooh, you want to you know joking?" And, and he got mad. And um,
1: Eminem probably would have started a fight right there. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, he's he's and, and granted, they're kind of they kind of like. We're trying to pick fun at him. It's kind of like, dude, screw off. What have you done? Kind of thing. I think situation. I can't remember. now. It's been a while. I'd have to watch it again. But I just remember him being not, I just remember him being not at all happy about it. And I didn't think it was a good idea for us to do it. But, um, uh, in the middle of the show, we're playing there and, uh, as a club fire, the place was slam packed like sardines with green shirts and, <laughs> And, uh, and the lights go out after a song, and Kelly goes, "We're gonna play Ice Ice Baby now. Play it, play Ice Ice Baby." And he pushes me out in the front He goes, "Jackson, Mississippi, your very own Mr. Vina. And everybody goes, "Ah!" And I'm sitting with a bass. I go, "Do do 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 And Kelly goes, "Is there anybody out there that knows the words to Ice Ice Baby? Because I can't remember them. Surely someone here knows the words to Ice Ice Baby." What a hook. And I'm like what a hook. what's what's happening? And I because I, I heard this coming up the and you know, at the time they had set this ramp up the side of the stage. Uh and here he comes. And he's a tall guy. And at the time he was pretty ripped, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. his tattoos and stuff. And he's charging at me and he looks mad. And this is like a guy I looked up to because I mean, when that song first came out, I was probably around 12, 13 ish, you know? Yeah. And here he is running at me and he looks mad. And he's like swinging out his arm. And I go, like I squint and look away. I'm like, I'm about to get knocked out by vanilla ice in front of my, <laughs> <laughs> in front of your homies. Yeah. <laughs> and he swings out and he grabs the wireless mic that's by me and he goes, Stop, stop right now, stop. Oh, shit. And he turns around the drum rate because the drummer's still playing. And he goes, stop. And, and Richie stops like, uh-oh. And he turns around and looks at the crowd. He goes, collaborate and listen. And we do it. We go into it. <laughs> and we play eyes eyes Baby with vanilla eyes. And he was really cool. He took a couple pictures with us on stage afterwards. And... And then he went to the bar and made us shots. It was weird. Like he was saying. He <laughs> made gel shots. Yeah. And he, he made us Shots sh- of what? He made, I don't. It was blue, whatever. Blue something. <laughs> and so he made us drink blue shots with him. And uh, it, was, it was a good time.
1: That blue Romulan ale.
2: Because right where the, the ramp went down was kind of like this VIP yeah. uh, tent area. And, and the other side of one of the walls was the bar. So he's just going in there and getting stuff. and
0: But he was, uh, he was actually really nice. Hang on. Oh well, we'll just have two tracks. <laughs> I think we can
1: splice those together. But anyway, how has the music music industry music
2: music changed since you first got in? Um, man, you know when, when I was a paper cut masker, um, his first time I was in a, a signed band. We're and talking it, about when uh, two thousand and seven, mm-hmm. and it was, um, and of course, everybody thinks once you get signed, that's it. your golden ticket Uh, but the golden ticket is just to get to the chocolate factory it doesn't mean you won you know right Um, still got to deal with the um oompas well yeah and you it just means the music industry probably has a bunch of little evil um oompas oh yeah and and it just means you have a chance Mm -hmm. to become famous Uh, but during that time things were changing dramatically even then because of LimeWire stuff like that what do you Uh, mean uh, music was becoming digital mm-hmm. instead of CDs. Uh, and one of the things that uh, the record label wanted to do with us was us sell vouchers to our digital songs for people to download it and have it. Uh, and they what, were, do you, what do you mean by a voucher? I mean give, give it away? Yeah, so you, you give them like a, a, a card or a, like a, a sheet thing and then they go home and they can download the album and they can put it on all their devices or album whatever. Album that
1: we used to just buy. If we wanted, we had to buy it. Yeah, like instead of an actual physical album, you have. But my this. point is, you're having, you'd have to go buy the album or CD first, okay? Yeah, but now they're wanting you to just basically give it away.
2: No, they they you would sell the voucher. So oh, yeah. I thought you said okay. So right. you you would sell it, but you wouldn't actually have a physical product. And That sucked because people were used to buying CDs at shows. Still, this is a very new thing, and uh, and us being a new band is like. Okay, so we're getting thrown under the bus. Fantastic. Because you know? yeah, yeah. If, you're,
1: if you're a band like y'all were, local, regional. I mean, your shows are probably where you sell your albums.
2: Yeah, and you know, because uh, you're not getting on the radio. Well, we were. We, we had. Were? Okay. Yeah, we had. Uh, we were. Uh, we were nationally syndicated, but we were with Windup Records. So wherever Windup had its artists playing on rotation, they would you know throw us in, and um, and the band had two singles that were put out on rotation, but. The biggest problem that we ran into was uh, right when we first got started and began touring, we had a manager, and he wasn't doing much for us, and we didn't understand why, and we didn't like it, and meanwhile, there was a manager from that band, Ten Years, uh, that was hitting us up. They had a, a hit song that, Change my autumn good. I don't even know if you remember, but anyways... Mm-mm. The, uh, they, were, they were big during that time, and their manager was doing big things for them, um, and he was courting us, and so we let go of the manager we had, and we hired him. The manager that we let go of was trying to do things for us, but the label didn't like him, so they just weren't returning his phone calls or communicating with him, which hamstrung him into not being able to do anything, which unfortunately is called artist-manager relation infringement which is a real thing. And so he went to sue the label and we got shelved until the lawsuit was over. By the time the lawsuit's over, all momentum is lost. I was with the U S you know? Yeah. Um, The, uh, and since then things have become increasingly more and more just digital. Uh, You know, now there's so much you can do on your own. You can publish your music on CD baby and get it on iTunes and um, and uh, and push it in different categories to get it plays in overseas. My friend Terry uh, Sharp uh, has a lot of original music, and some of it's popular in Japan. Weird stuff like that. There's no way that you could have done that. Uh, uh, let me play the flip side here. And
1: one band to listen to is Nightwish, and their bass player he's one of the founding members of the band 20 years ago he left the band this year he said you can't make he says you can't make any money in this business anymore because it used to be you know where'd you get rich off of the record sales yeah and a lot of bands got to where they didn't tour because they didn't yeah the amount of money they're making off of touring compared to record sales was minimal they were like screw this especially when they got big we're not going to do this anymore you know or, or do it as much. We're going to do like big giant stadiums and sell the tickets for a ridiculous high. And, hey, yeah, exactly. You know, and now it's the total opposite. I don't see how these artists, I think they've killed the profit motive because I not think it was Taylor Swift. She had it, of all places, I think it was the Wall Street Journal where she had a, wrote a column. And she says, this song, say, gets this many million downloads. Now, here's how much the artist makes off these downloads. And it was A shockingly small number oh yeah you know and I mean used to be if you sold that many albums or that many say back when 45s were around I mean wow I mean you were you were having a nice year income wise yeah you know and now it's turned into you have to make your money touring of course when something like COVID happens I mean now you're taking a real hit but that's why the concert I think one reason why the concert tickets are so high now but this can't sustain itself because you've basically taken away the record profits away from the artist to some degree am i right or wrong in thinking that
2: yeah how how, how it used to work was um i mean when does a pendulum swing back hmm. the other way is my question how it used to work was a record label would basically give you a giant loan to get wherever it was you needed to put out the product.
1: Like the publishers will do give advances to novelists sometimes. Yeah. So
2: okay. so like for us with Paper Cut Mask, I think the amount that we were given was something like uh, $250,000. Wow. And so we went to, you know, to go to a professional studio. It seems like a lot, but we went to... But Skid, expenses are a lot too. Went to Skid Mills Studio in, um, in Memphis. He's awesome. He put out a lot of bands like Save and Abel during that time where the production level was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And he did it same for us production was awesome um but you know that was a large chunk of it then you had your um the money that was spent on marketing and promotions putting your uh songs in rotation at all those radio stations well that cost money initially and And management yeah management um insurance (laughs) yeah and you know and you're buying stuff like a van a trailer And you're going to live in that van, you know, (laughs) and the, uh, and, uh, any other musical equipment you might need for any of the shows that, that you have to make your, to be able to produce your album live. And the, uh, and basically what it was, was until we pay back, not just the amount that we owed, but it's basically like a 30 year mortgage in a year. Mm Mm-hmm. With the interest included of the 30-year mortgage. Right. So until they made back like, I don't know, it was something like six hundred dollars or $700,000, we did not yet broken the threshold. And until then, the record label keeps 99.99999% of all profits. And then once the thresholds break, then we start getting a little bit of a chunk of that, or the songwriter does. In mm-hmm. that case, it would have been Joey Culver. He starts getting like 10%. Then there's other thresholds that you meet where the artist gets more and more. Uh, or that's how it used to be. Now, there's um, no way for them to recoup their money on album sales because of what you said, like Taylor Swift said, uh, there's no way to recoup it uh, from album sales. I mean, that, just,
1: that just floored me.
2: Yeah. So what they do is now, like with the papercut Masker, uh, in addition to that, they would take uh, 85% of your live ticket sales until that yeah. threshold. And that's man. what Marco was saying, which is, like you can't make any money in this. No and uh and if you're able if you're able to break that threshold, then yeah, but you won't ever make the money that like Ben Halen made you know there's um that's why a lot of artists started self producing because that saves a chunk of change mm-hmm. in you know in your initial expenses with the label
1: but you know once upon a time, movie stars were getting ripped off, and so that's how United Artists got formed was a lot of the movie stars created their own company, yeah, you know, and like reprise records was formed by sinatra and some other artists they got tired of the whole rigmarole and they formed their own record label and i think he later sold it to warner brothers for a nice profit of course yeah but when does it swing back the other way do you see what i mean i don't I mean really when mean. did the artists start saying you know what we're tired of getting screwed here we're the ones working our asses off and we used to make money on this but we don't anymore something's got to give i think
2: as artists progress in their ability to self-market and to... Uh, you see what I mean? Because there's a lot of artists that that, are, that do self-produce. Like Billie Eilish self-produces herself right. a lot. I think she does hire producers now to just to help enhance things. But like her first stuff was mainly just her. But damn, a good producer can really make a difference. Ask Shania Twain. <laughs> yeah. Or ask Metallica about Bob Rock. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they or, it know, might have been their most popular album, but it was their highest selling one? You yeah. know,
1: Erwin Lake and Palmer when Greg Lake was doing it, was producing five, six, seven platinums, and when he quit doing production,
2: yeah, it happens. And so, you know, I think that um, you know they, they've gotten really good at as artists begin to realize that being able to produce themselves as a talent or production itself as a talent that they need to master. And they are. There's a lot of artists who are getting no, really good. No, but what at it. I mean is, when do they start attacking the structure of the record?
1: I mean, the sales, like the, well, the, the streaming mean. services, where yeah, where the apples, the pandoras, they're the ones. And you know, I don't think they will. You I see think what that, I mean?
2: I think what will happen is, well, is wait, we want a bigger cut of this because we're not getting anything. I th- We're not I, getting much. I don't think so. I think what's going to happen is artists are going to try to edge out the labels entirely, mm-hmm. and they're just going to try to make their money on uh, live ticket sales. And they're going to see, I think, you know, what I see is, is the trend is the artists are using the free streaming stuff. Mm-hmm. They're like, whatever, that's just free promotion for my live shows. And then, and they're using that as, and they're even dumping money into it. So not only are yeah, not making can't make money as much it, money
1: as they used to on mm-mm. You See where I'm going with this? I mean, but
2: they are at least going to be able to get all their live ticket sales, right? You know, which is better than what I had where they're getting all your live albums or album sales and 85% of your ticket sales, you know. And with
1: bands, you're probably talking about people who aren't that financially sophisticated,
2: yeah. But I mean, so I mean, from where I was in 2007, there's probably a lot of bad deals out there, yeah. And where I was in 2007, it has swung better in the artist's favor. Mm -hmm. Because it was like the worst of both worlds, you mm-hmm. know. Whereas now, um, you know, if you go through a label, production costs have gone down significantly, and that the recording equipment has become incredibly sophisticated. You know, I have a, a recording software on my computer now where I can record with my interface up to eight tracks. I have like studio quality.
1: Well, I mean, look at look at what are we doing here? Yeah,
2: I can go on I mean, YouTube. What are we doing here? I can go on YouTube 15 and fifteen years from ago. Masters.
1: It, you wouldn't see podcasts like you do now. I mean, uh uh-uh. uh. What is it? Buy a little recorder here, buy a couple. Now, I've got good stuff. Buy good mics, buy good heads. You know, but 20 years ago, you couldn't have really done all this stuff. I mean, you're yeah. going
2: to have to do, you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to go on YouTube, watch stuff. You're going to have to learn how to yeah. edit. You're going to have to learn how to. And you, it takes time. You're going to have to spend. A and there's a real talent for it, too. And if you don't have the talent for it, I mean, there's. Yeah. It's still going to crack and kill you. Yeah. Wow. And, the, um, and I think that that is the trend i see is is Mm -hmm. artists getting those skills and the ones who are best at getting those skills and and putting in the time and effort to
1: what about musicians what's what's the main have you seen differences among the musicians and or bands who are coming into the business compared to when you first got in or was
2: how's the music oh yeah um whenever i first started in music and Mm -hmm. was playing in of course when i first started a lot of times uh if you wanted to do original music, then you did covers to play at cover bars, like the, the bills. And then you would sneak in an original or two and then point over at your table over there, merch with CDs in it. And that's kind of how you built the fan base. And then if you had a big enough fan base, then you kind of start courting labels, especially if you have fan bases in different towns and different States, mm-hmm. uh, which you can still do that. That's still a great way of building a fan base. But, um, um, of course, bars just aren't as big as they used to be. There's not places like the Dock anymore. You know, there's no. not as many people going out and clubbing, you know, or or if they do, the club did not have live music. They have a DJ.
1: I mean, if I wanted to go see live, I mean, real live music, I don't mean, you know, the Hunter Gibson, Larry Crocker, all that, you know, Larry Brewer, all that, you know, I want to go see, you know, like you guys, Spank the Monkey, those
2: kinds of bands, you know. Yeah. Doctors and, well, are. and you have – and. When I first started, bands were a lot wilder. Like I, I remember just getting blackout drunk at the Swamp Man and having like the, one of the owners of the Swamp up on stage, and I was already drunk, and he's pulling my head back, and he had like a storm pour. Oh, I yeah. think it was like redheaded slut shots, but like and just a storm pour full of it, and oh, just man. pouring that in my mouth, like ha ha ha, and going crazy, and then I remember falling down on the stage. And luckily, my fingers still remembered what to do because I didn't, and I couldn't feel my legs, and I was just like embarrassed. like, oh, and, just, <laughs> and and the next day, he thought it was great. That's insane to me now. Like why if, is that? if you got that drunk now, and you just be fired, you just be really? fired. Yeah, they'll they bands. You know, they want you to be a lot more professional. The level, why is that because uh, the expectations. Hey, Lord, that used to be ground. why you got a
1: rock and roll band. You could what party. Play great music, you know, well, sure, get chicks. You know, I mean...
2: You still want to be able to look back on recordings and be like, oh, yeah, we, we sounded good. You don't want to look back and be like, "Yeah, oh, God, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> nobody else recorded that. There's um, Have cell phones made it worse or better? Well, that that's the thing, is that you now have accountability. But not only do artists who are uh, playing on stage have accountability for how they act and, and how they're going to be represented later on a mm-hmm. cell phone video on Facebook, everybody else does too nobody parties that hard anymore like my really? buddy when i was playing in uh spring break in florida he's like my daughter's gonna be down there and she's probably gonna be coming to that club because it's really popular with the young people i want you to keep an eye out for her and i was like dude don't worry about it kids these days do not party like we do or we did what do you mean like you know whenever i was like I said, twenty years old at the swamp, we had you know the foam parties and there. Was, I look around and like the drugs are definitely more available than they well, used you, to be. You'd have people in public, girls showing you know getting naked, yeah. and you would have like oh yeah. And the foam parties, you'd find used condoms later. Like people were getting freaking wild. Like yeah. it was because nobody had a camera in their pocket and everybody was out of town. Or you know what I mean? Like it was just yeah. It, you know, and and now people are a lot more reserved. They, uh, I mean, and you. I remember seeing these crowds at the swamp, and every single person was drunk off their face. Mm-hmm. And you know, of course, DUIs have gotten a lot stronger in twenty years than they used to be in DUI enforcement. So people are a lot more scared to get drunk because they have to. Yeah, drive. but you have Uber now too. That's true.
1: You didn't have the, Uber um, back then. A lot of, I mean, I know a lot of people now. They're getting hammered. No problem. I'm just going to call
2: Uber. Yeah. Well, and you know, and but young people, they're tired and of they're both. very comfortable go on that route. Yeah, but they're also tighter budgeted. Things are tighter budget-wise, so people aren't spending like they are. They aren't their parents aren't mm-hmm. allowing them to spend as much on the the parental credit card or whatever. It's it's um now at frat parties and stuff, yeah, yeah you'll still maybe see a little bit of that, but still the cell, the camera always watching you and big brother is each other now. What do you mean? Like everybody's got a camera in their hand. Yeah. Everybody At any moment, you can be being watched and recorded for everyone else to see. And so everybody is so self-aware now that nobody gets lost in the moment. And now now you got to worry about, let's be honest. I
1: mean, here at some frat party or, you know, you and some girl get sloppy drunk and you get kind of touchy-feely, you know, all over each other and mouthy and, you know, there and next, you know few days later i mean she's like this guy blah 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 you know and you're going whoa
2: no she got
1: me yeah but but you've got to go through the whole process of defending yourself trying to clear your name i mean the whole nine yards you know i mean you know i mean we were both we both neither one of us remember it like you know yeah we both got stupid um you know but what about the music itself how has it changed uh, um
2: Has, I, I it. man, you know, I try to like a lot of new music and I just don't. <laughs> and the, uh, like, <laughs> uncover oh. your face. <laughs> I try to like new music and I just don't. I, I you know, like, I don't know. Like uh, there, there are some stuff and some songs that I like and mm-hmm. I think are pretty good. Uh, you know, and I liked a lot of the stuff in like the, the mid uh, 2010s. And somewhere around there, like, there's a lot of great bands came out during that time, too. Like, yeah. Foxy Shazam. Yeah. I love the death. They're amazing. Uh, but somewhere around then, music just started getting really... It was like Cardi B. Cardi B ruined everything. What is that? <laughs> I, just, I just listened to her, and it's just so like... It's so simplistic and dumb. And it. I mean, I get it's catchy, but it's like, so is... Daddy Shark, uh-uh, uh-uh. But doesn't I mean that's, you know what I mean? Like, musically, it's so I like, simplistic. You see, I like musicianship. Yeah, and, and I like, I like like we were talking about earlier, that evoking of an emotion or whatever, and I just don't get any of that off of new music. Yeah, you know, and I was Santana last week. Yeah. I mean, I'll be
1: honest, the crowd was average age, probably 60.
2: Yeah. Why be an egg?
1: You that, know? That was when he was first big. Was, yeah, and he, and he hasn't had a hit probably since the early 2000s. I mean, so... Because when I went to UNO, I mean, he sold out that place back in 'o three. so... But he hasn't had a hit in almost 20 years. I mean, he's more of a legend. Probably with Rob Thomas, that... Uh, yeah, that's the smooth, one. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. And, you know, people heard of him, but it's, he's a legend they've heard of, but they've never seen him, you know, so... It's like if you talk about Grateful Dead to a, a 21-year-old. They're <laughs> like no some some of the some of the legends i mean you talk to the younger people like Jimi hendrix for example oh yeah they know him led zeppelin you will find quite a few people who are in their 20s and teens who i mean because that's their their parents turned them on too you run into that quite a bit actually yeah yeah you know in fact jasmine remember her she has the the bean parlor up now in gluck yeah 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 your cohort she, for example man she's a paul mccartney nut oh yeah she's, i mean she's got traveled to little rock to see him i mean she so, you convinced of,
2: us to do uh um live and let it die whenever uh oh wow because uh, she was dating uh aubrey who was in my band for she's a while mom you know that i heard i heard yeah Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm pretty excited for her man uh i I'll actually I'll, i haven't even talked to her about it yet i just i just found out recently from uh scott who does our lighting and photography yeah and uh and i was like no way man like you know and uh i think she's gonna be jasmine's awesome at everything she does she's yeah. she's one of those golden people yeah i did a, i did a post
1: about her when she first opened up the bean parlor over there and uh you know enjoyed writing it and a lot of people have been over there since then because of that you know and they, they've they enjoyed it i mean she makes everything from scratch you know yeah and she really she, It's like anything else you put yourself into it you put the effort into it you know it usually pays off at some point you just got to grind it out yeah you know quality i mean that's what that's what it is um what about the drugs how much is that in the music now like i said like like it used to
2: be or is it cleaned up musicians are definitely held to a much higher standard than they used to be it used to be a lot of musicians i'll be honest they're i hate to say it but like Bowie, they're better when they were doing drugs that coming up with <laughs> stuff. <laughs> like, I I'll definitely see like with musicians who play a lot, they uh they'll get their Adderall prescription. And it's because they're just trying to yeah stay awake and stay energetic on stages, which is I mean it's kinda sad because they're like they're not sleeping a lot. You know, with pop fiction we just don't book that much. We book if it's worth it. Yeah. I mean and so, so what you do you know, like to listen to? You're going to go out and say buy something. buy. I can't say buy an album anymore. Buy a download. What, what is it going to be? Man, you know, my, one of my favorite bands, my, my favorite bands are just as schizophrenic of a person as I am. <laughs> like, I, I, I relate. I, like, I love DC Talk, man. It's one of my ancient old favorites. It's bizarre, but whatever. There's um, Foxy Shazam, who I just talked about. Is actually a really recent band. If you like Queen, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to love Foxy Shazam they even have a little bit of a zeppelin flavor to them mm-hmm. they're they're really really good and of course they've kind of stopped putting they put out, i think three albums and stop um uh when i was growing up especially when i was young I had long hair and was like yeah middle. i still can't picture you with long hair is you know metallica you know old school metallica and uh typo negative were for my for my thing yeah uh i still listen to both Mm-hmm. um
1: God. I think the, I think here's one thing I love I think, I, think, too. I think is killing the music is I can go onto YouTube and find pretty much any album I want to listen to for free oh yeah and yes they supposedly have a cute I mean it's funny if you say upload say something that has a snippet of a song in there that you know that little little yeah. copyright monster will strike you down but it's amazing how many albums I can find on for, for free on YouTube. I don't now. Like how they're getting around it. Like, I don't know, yeah. I have Pandora Pro for example because you know what I want I, I like I don't like to have ads and it's kind of nice not to have ads It's unlimited so I can play in the background all day. And I know there's they get Pandora gets kind of repetitive after a while. You know, but I kind of believe you know what? I kind of want to support the, support the artists too, you know, because they need to they need to make money because if they don't then the music dries up. Period. Yeah. And and I know people, oh, yeah, I ripped it off of this. I t- torn it off of that. You know,
2: I'm like, you realize you're stealing from the artist, right? And well, nobody sees it that way. I mean, these days, like with your Pandora Pro or like Spotify, paying for Spotify or the, um, or heck, Apple Music. You know, you can pay monthly for Apple Music and find yeah. anything and download it and whatever. Uh, that's what I do. I normally use Apple Music because
1: with an iPhone. I'm using Pandora and I have... I have a Spotify, free Spotify, but I don't ever use it except for Rogan. And I've got the YouTube music. The thing I like about the YouTube music is, like, especially for classical or jazz, you can just, you can do it audio only. But say you want to say Rubenstein playing Rachmaninoff second. You know, I mean, I can find that particular performance there and just listen and, you know, listen to it, you know, or like watch pass, it. yeah. You know, I mean, I can pick out, you know... it. For live stuff, I can pick out individual performances. You know, like the Fleetwood Mac, I think, uh, HBO concert from 82, which is. Yeah. Oh, man, have you ever seen that one with the chain? Mm-mm. Oh, I'll send it to you. They're both, they're all coked out. Yeah. And Stevie and Lindsay must have just had a fight before the show started. <laughs> because the hatred just coming from their eyes towards each other during the, they open every show with the chain. Just towards each other. I mean, they are about to kill each other. But, man, the music it brought out was just phenomenal. Yeah. But you can sit there and find really great perform- live performances, you know, for if you're paying the 10 bucks a month, you know, for a YouTube premium on YouTube music, you know. And I don't like to have ads on YouTube. When t- I'm going to tell you something. Once nah. t- you get used to, yeah, you know, it's $10 a month. I got it for Cobra Kai, then I kept it. You haven't seen that one yet? Yeah, I've watched. Oh, shirt. yeah, a shirt. Yes, oh, awesome. yeah, gee, yeah. I'm wearing the shirt tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Season four, I think, drops in December. Can't wait. I'm, I'm loving it, man. Yeah, John, Johnny's the man. He's. <laughs> yeah, well, they're bringing back apparently Terry Silver for for fourth season, for season four. So it's it's going to be interesting. But watching um. Johnny just keep on screwing things up. I mean, the boy is just a. But I also love. He's a natural born fuck up. I yeah, hate to say it. But I love also. You finally get the girl and you screw it up, dude.
2: I like how he's. Uh, I like how he's. He picks on. Everybody's a wuss now. Like he's like. I'm oh, that
1: was that was great. That's what. Yeah. I like, and
2: that's what I like about what the two writers did, was they're actually
1: fans of the show. Like you look at what these clowns are doing to Picard, for example, and they have they brought, okay, you don't, you're not as tricky, but they've, yeah. they've started up a uh, season one, now season two of Picard, you know, who's Star Trek new generation, but turns out the writers never really watched the show either, you know, growing oh, up. No. Oh yeah. So, I watched,
2: I watched Next Generation growing up. Yeah so, yeah.
1: so, but they weren't, and they weren't fans of it either. So you can just imagine you, and you can tell when you watch it. Whereas here, these guys were fans of it and they're trying to figure out a way. Let's, we want to do it, but we want to keep it fresh. So it's, instead of just trying to retread everybody 30 years later, trying to make it look like they're 20 or 25 again, we're going to let's bring the kids into it that was a really nice twist to it you know and it kind of keeps it now it's multi-layered and and it's fresh you know and i mean but what's funny though is yeah you really think they'd be having all these karate fights at one school nowadays especially in california nothing would happen really i mean yeah (laughs) all this no bullying this and no bullying that you really think nothing would happen nowadays Bullshit.
2: and there's a karate dojo gang fight at school yeah that would yeah that would be oh
1: yeah i mean i mean i'm
2: just watching this
1: going Okay.
2: But then again, there's nobody tough enough to even stop them. <laughs> they can have their fight anywhere they want. <laughs> you know,
1: and that's what's scary is you ever remember Demolition Man? Yeah, yeah. It's scary how prophetic that movie
2: was. Yeah. You
1: start looking around now and it's like, "Wait a second. I remember, I mean when he actually just a little
2: bitty cigarettes with the giant Remember what her
1: idea the- of sex was in the movie? Yeah, we're aware these VRs And he was like, "Wait, mean- you know, and Yeah, people kissed back then. She's like, ooh, you know, I mean, and, you know, the police were like, we can't touch anybody. We're police. (laughs) You're looking around now and starting to go, hmm. Yeah, and,
2: you know, I I saw this girl post on, uh, like, your stories on Instagram you're going through and you're watching people post stuff. She's Mm -hmm. like, was complaining about how, I I didn't get it because she was a beautiful girl, but she's complaining how guys were so, Weird about even going out and meeting up and hanging out in person, yeah. Because that,
1: that phone has ruined so much
2: because they're so locked in their cave, and we're we and people are getting more and more hermetic. They're getting more and more mm-hmm. uh, introverted and and uh, w- what's the word when you're you know, the the fear or phobia of people uh, agoraphobia is that it I guess so yeah you say so. And they're getting more phobic of of being around others and not really knowing how to be social. They they can tell you a new one on Facebook. Oh, they're they're hot shots on Facebook. Yeah, but in person, they're not so witty. But Go, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, this this phone here, I mean, you get on this phone, you got that Tinder app on there, you start swiping, you know, blah, 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 you know. And I mean, okay, and so, okay, it's the hookup culture and the girls – what did you think was going to happen when all y'all, not all y'all, but a lot of y'all started doing this and going yeah. along with it. You know, I mean, this is what happens. And the guys, I mean, that's all, you know, what's also funny is when the women I've seen where some women, they write articles, they've complained about, oh, this, you know, I'm a total feminist now. And these guys better not open doors for me. They're not be go out of the way for me. Be nice. And, they, and then they also gripe and no guys will ask me out. Well, nobody wants to fool with it. <laughs>
2: You're, you Yet like a python, nobody's gonna want to bet you it's, Well, uh, I mean, generally no, you know. Well, I mean, and granted, you know, there's there's different different strokes for different folks. There's definitely yeah. some. Usually, girls like that find a, you know, they're they're pretty they're pretty, you know, alpha minded, and they usually mm-hmm. find a passive guy that, oh, "You're my bitch now," and the guy's like, "Okay, you know." problem is, they don't, <laughs> problem is, problem
1: is they don't respect them.
2: <laughs> yeah which i mean that's uh, the problem they don't respect them. <laughs> i mean they're just lining themselves up for a toxic relationship you know yeah what well, one of the things I like with with what i like with my fiance now is that we're we're both um i i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to tell you who is the dominant person in the relationship because you know it comes to certain things she lets me have the wheel yeah and there's other things where i'm like, okay you have the wheel you know If you know, if we were happy, but
1: if you don't have that respect, though, you don't respect them, you know what? Yeah, you kind of lose it. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Joey, for coming on tonight. Thank you very much. And now we get to go into production editing. No, I'll I'll probably have, have you on again at some point. So, like I said, thank you very much. And thank you guys. And we will see you next week.
0: You've been listening to the Jambalaya with the Kingfish. Tune in next week for a new episode.